All right, Jason Callen bounces back with a big-time W over Jordanton. How are you feeling? I'm feeling uh, hopeful. All right, the Astros finally snapped what seemed like a losing streak that lasted forever. We need a new bullpen. That is true. Lakers, Rockets, Russell Westbrook, James Harden, not quite enough to get it done. Uh, LeBron James needed to be tested for Peds. All right, and it is football eve today, Jason. Will you be leaving Yay. avocado ice cream under the tree for Tom Brady? <laughs> no, absolutely not. All right, we'll have all this and more right here on the Right On Sports Podcast. This is the Right On Sports Podcast with Jason Cassera and Gabe Myers, your best source for local sports talk. The Right On crew will be highlighting all your favorite local teams and everything else the world of sports has to offer from right here in the Coastal Bend. So welcome back into the Ride On Sports Podcast. Well, f- first, uh, welcome back off the injured <laughs> list once again. I was just going to welcome you, sir. Yeah, I'm uh, here. I'm, I'm like DeAndre Hopkins. I'm dependable. I'm here every week. You signing a new contract also? Uh, Russ, are you ready to give me $27 million a year? To catch balls? <laughs> I'll give you a dollar. A do- well, dollar's I, better. I guess, I won't be, I guess I'm not signing a new contract. Maybe, maybe he'll buy lunch. Let him buy you a lunch. Oh, okay. We'll go uh, to Taco Bell. Is the Mexican pizza already gone? I think I think it's gone so like not November. Yet. Okay. So I, I, I'm not a Taco Bell fan, though. I'm we, not either. We you live can't in be South, a Taco Bell here. We yeah. live in South Texas. Why on earth do I go to Taco Bell? I don't know why they exist here. It's very strange. Yeah. I guess it's just because sometimes people like fast food Mexican food. but yeah, and it, this So this is a local corpus thing. But you know off SPID where the Taco Cabana used to be? Right. You know how it's not there anymore? It's sad. There, I mean, there's a reason for that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Yeah, but I like Taco Cabana. I thought it was all right. Taco Cabana. Oh, it's a lot better than Taco Bell. But if yeah. I'm going to get tacos, I'm not going to Taco I'm Cabana. I'm going to Taqueria. I'm, yeah, I'm going literally grease. anywhere else. I want grease. I want greasy taqueria food, man. There's a good one right next to Flower Bluff High School. There's a lot of good ones, though, in Corpus. There really are. And you know they're only owned by, like, two families. Oh, I did not know that. There's there's some kind of, uh, like, mob of taqueria families here. I want to be invited to that family dinner, That'd mostly be because I want the tacos from our taquerias. <laughs> That's My up. reasonings might be different. Your reasonings might be different. So, uh, high school football. High We've school got a football. huge game Friday. Yeah, we do. Uh, Huge. Our boys here in Kyle and go up to San Marcos to Rattler Stadium up there, take on uh, number one ranked Waco La Vega, the state favorites. Yikes. In 4A Division One. Yeah, that's a big yikes, honestly. Uh, given the way Cal- they scored 56 points against Jordanton last Friday, but I have some major concerns for Cal Allen. And I don't know if Jordanton's any good. Like, I, I think they've been good off and on throughout the years, but. Um, I mean, they're not as good as Waco La Vega. Yeah, they're, they're no not at that level. Yeah, and so uh, it, I'm sure it'll be a good game. But I think, yeah, we might have had to bite off more than we could chew as far as that schedule goes. Well, for you, it is we. You are a <laughs> Cal Allen alum, alumnus. Yeah, and aluminum. Wildcat forever. Wildcat forever. Forever. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you've watched? Did you watch the last game? The, yes. Did you I've, live stream it? Yeah. Yeah. So, and you thought the offense looked a little bit slow. I mean, as far as we I mean, need so more they speed. scored. So they they scored fifty six points. I think it's a little misleading. I thought Jordanton shot themselves in the foot quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think like team speed offensively and defensively, like Kyle and secondary is not very good. No, no, and, and you, undersized, you, right? And you saw that really exposed against Cornerstone Christian. Like yeah. every anytime Lucas Coley got to the second level, oh, it was, man. you know, it was over. You couldn't tackle them, but. I th- 
they really they lack team speed and outside of Earl's on offense, they don't have a ton of team speed on offense. Right. And so I'm worried about when they go play Waco La Vega, who two weeks ago just held um Calhoun, Port Lavaca Calhoun to seven points. I mean, I'm worried about Cal Allen getting into the end zone this game. You're gonna have to score points to beat Waco La Vega. Yeah. I mean, especially with Cal Allen's secondary looking the way it is, they're not I'm not I don't think Cal Allen can hold Waco La Vega to twenty points. I mean, Jordanton went and scored thirty five against them. And you were saying you did some research on Cornerstone Christian. They weren't like necessarily a highly ranked team. They really come, weren't. Come, and I, I think mean, they that had quarterback carried them. Yeah, I mean, Coley's good, but outside of him, like the re- like the receivers for Cornerstone were not any any special. I didn't think. Yeah, no one. Off, I didn't think their offensive line was very good. As Coley yeah. was running for his life the whole game. True. You know, their running backs, like no one else, really made. Which plays. almost which almost bit Cal Allen in the ass by getting him out of the pocket. Yeah, you know, because that's whenever yeah he got out in the open field and he just just like he was striding. It, honestly, and I don't want to like overplay that kid. You know, it's like you said, yeah. he went, he's an Arkansas commit, right? Yes. But the way he ran on the field just reminded me of a Vince Young. What's funny is I have a friend who watches high school football mm-hmm. here in the Coastal Bend who told me the exact same thing. Really? He said like so he, he, he made two. He, he made the exact same comparison to Vince Young. It's just the way he ran. The yeah. Way he ran. The, the now sh- arm wise. Who's his, I mean, not that Vince Young had really I'm, a great arm either. I mean, he had a cannon. <laughs> yeah, he just he coun't hit the broadside of a barn. I mean, in college he was good. Yeah, not his fault. Jeff Fisher ruined his <laughs> career. But um, as you can tell, I'm a Longhorn fan. But I but I'm worried with Colin. I'm worried about their secondary. I'm worried about their overall team speed. Yeah. I mean, are they going to be able to consistently move the ball on La Vega? Running, you know, running that slot T. Running, you know, running, you know. I mean. It's a lot of misdirection in that offense. You know, mm-hmm. there's different things you can do. But, I mean, Wicca La Vega, a team as good as that, they're going to be well coached. They're going to be well dri- drilled. They're going to know what they need to do to defend that offense. I think Callan, if they want to score points, they're going to need some tricks up their sleeve. It's going to be hard to go three yards in a cloud of dust down the field against against Wicca La Vega. So the question is, is it worth a road trip? I Man, I, I think it is, just for the intrigue. The intrigue and the fun. What I'm down to go on a road trip. Well, and also, like uh, – uh, there's a great chicken wing place there in San Marcos that's just worth the trip for. Is there? Oh yeah. What is what's it called? I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> we will, we'll, we'll figure that out. Uh, it'll come to me at another time. The dementia's kicking in, my the friend. Deme- the dementia's kicking so in. So who else? What's another intriguing matchup from the Region Four area for you? Man, so I so Miller their game against Rockport last week got canceled because of COVID. They're making it up next week, September 18th. They are playing Sinton this week. So Miller, I'm just intrigued by because I think. What I'm saying about Callen, where you got you got to figure out how to sport, score points, and really what I knocked what I've knocked Callen for is their lack of team speed. Mm-hmm. Miller has team speed on offense. Right. Miller, you know, Miller has a lot of speed, which is why I like them matching up against, you know, Waco La Vega or other really good teams outside of District 15 4A, um, because of the speed. Because you know, if you have speed, you can beat just about anybody. And I think Miller also. It is just kind of my rule for football. If you have the best quarterback, you always got a chance. Sure. And I think you saw that with Cornerstone and Kyle. And like when you got a great when you have a great QB, you're going to have a chance. And Andrew Body is that great QB. He's the best he's the best quarterback down here. Probably the best quarterback south of San Antonio. Um so I'm I'm intri- I'm always intrigued by Miller. I want to see how they look. I mean, there wasn't reports if it you know, Miller tested positive for COVID or if it was Rockport. Um so I'm I'm curious to see Miller versus Sinton this week. I know our friend Len. He had mentioned sitting Sinton a little bit about you know maybe maybe Sinton can bounce back this year, but I think you know Miller. I'm a, I'm intrigued by that game. I want to see Miller play. Uh, I just 
want to continue to see them play. They looked very good against uh, Tuloso Midway. Now I want to see them again. I thought I'd know more about them at this point because I thought we had seen that Rockport game already. Mm-hmm. But now let's move back to next week. So I want to see Miller just continue to get better. Um, so that that's the one game I'm really uh, – that's the other – but, the, I mean, the big one is Cal Allen versus Waco La Vega. Because I think if Cal Allen can play – if if Callan goes up there, goes to San Marcos, and just you know, if they go and get blasted, then it's a bad, like it's bad for really everybody in the coastal bend because it mm-hmm. it kind of it diminishes hope. But if they go up there and play them tough, and heck, even if they win, um, which I'm not going to rule out of the realm of possibility here, then that opens up like I think everybody in District 15, like you know, the big three, Port Lavaca, Miller. And Kyle and I think everyone will feel, you know, very good about, hey, we get out of this, we get out of this district, we have a chance to go all the way with this thing. So I think it represents, you know, I think the whole coastal bend is watching this game this week. They're watching to see how Kyle plays Waco La Vega. Oh yeah, for sure. And I, I think another interesting portion of that is uh kind of like with the Cornerstone game, is that you saw a team who really got up to play a team like Cal Allen. Um, they don't get to play teams like that very often. Now La Vega gets to play historically good teams like Stephenville. Right. Uh, it's the only one I can think of. But <laughs> like yeah. they, but they have like some really good football in the area, uh, and some of those are down right now. And La Vega's gotten up, so it it'll be really interesting. It, it is. I think it's a good point. Is that it can be kind of a game changer for the region just to feel a little bit stronger. Like we can take these guys on and we can we can tear them up a little bit. Um, yeah, so Waco La Vega, they their last game they won a thirteen to ten against Pflugerville Connolly. So Waco La Vega is not exactly scoring a bunch of points. Hmm. Uh, it's twenty against Calhoun, uh, all of which came in the first half. They were shut out in the second half, uh, and then against Pflugerville Connolly, uh, only scoring thirteen points. So that is. Um, well, I wonder if that's when their quarterback. Uh, if, if yeah, yeah, I, I don't know who the kid we is. Forgot, we forgotten out. to mention that um, Waco La Vega has not had their top QB. So that. Man, do you know what the injury situation is, or do you just know that he's hurt? I only saw this through a uh, like a sports board of some guys talking, and apparently this kid went from being a QB as a sophomore year, then they put him in the defense, moved him back to QB, and then now he's hurt. And so that's all I really saw. So um, Gabe's doing his sleuth work right now to try to pull up that information on this yeah man no so I yeah. maybe it's the COVID maybe it's maybe uh, I hope not. Why would uh, you start that rumor? Well, you started the rumor, um, but yeah, it's uh, you know, oh man, if you like, I said, like I like betting on teams with the best quarterbacks. Uh, you lose your starting QB. That's, oh man, that's tough. Well, especially if they're they're, offense built around that QB. Yeah. I would say, one benefit for Cal Allen is that that offense isn't built around one player whatsoever. It's man, been but, plug and play. But the for running back Earls is very <laughs> important. <laughs> He's in, he's got speed to burn, um, and I haven't really noticed many other guys running the ball for them. I mean, a few, and they're quarterback, but uh, usually you'll have three or four guys coming out of the backfield for them. Yeah, and they just may not have it this year. But it'll be interesting for so, sure. So, Era Rawls is the um, he. That's the name of the quarterback. I can't find any. Uh, Aaron gosh. Aaron Rawls. Era A R A. Okay. Um, so it's not like the NFL where I can just find the injury report. Yeah, yeah. And it's exactly. just like, oh, high ankle sprain. Now this is really private. Weeks. I mean, it's, it's <laughs> you have to like really dig like in their local media. Lynn, Lynn probably knows. Uh, uh, can we get Lynn on the phone? Mm. Uh, not, not right now. Not, oh, damn it. 
We need a secretary. We need a secretary. <laughs> or a we'll PA. Get, we're going to get Russell on that. But um, We'll at him. We'll at him. <laughs> oh, man. But I'm, I am curious to see how this game plays out. I'm curious. Um, I'm curious about uh, Miller, and, uh, Miller and Sinton this week. Uh, I want to see how Port Lavaca continues to look. Um, I think they're playing uh, – who's Port Lavaca playing? Oh, they're playing El Campo. That's right. Uh, so I'm here, another Houston area school where you said Stafford El Campo is not far from there. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I, I want to see how those big three look. I mean, that's kind of what we've been focused on all year. So I want to see how all those big three look. It's a good sign for Miller that despite the positive COVID test, whether it was on their side or Rockport side, they're back in action. So I'm excited for that. I'm excited. We got, I, I am voting in favor of a road trip. Um, and hopefully we go we go and see an upset. We go see our boys in Cal and get an upset win over Waco La Vega. I'm texting Lynn right now to find out any okay. additional information. We might not have it back by the end of this recording. We can put it on our uh, face on Vaunted our social, social media. Yeah, yeah. Because that's uh, what that's what it's for. We're gonna ramp that thing up. Yeah, we we're ramp it up hard. We are. We take steroids. Social media steroids. Are we, we need a Barry Bond <sighs> steroids. Uh, speaking of speaking of uh, speaking of steroids in baseball and Barry Bonds, so you need some steroids. <laughs> is the Astros bullpen? They need something, man. And you know this might not doing anything at the deadline could really come back to haunt them. But you start thinking there's not a lot of pieces to trade away anymore. Yeah, yeah. And, and when half the guys are already coming up to the major league team, and so other teams are getting to see what they can do on the big stage. Yeah, and I, see that they suck. You're well, <laughs> shit out of luck. No, and I well, it's not only that. It's also like, look how many injuries the Astros have this year. Yeah, it's terrible. Like, do you want to trade away, you know, prospects that could potentially be good to get, you know, maybe a one-year rental because, you know, you just have a bunch of guys hurt this year? Because I just don't think the Astros are a World Series team. Like, I, it doesn't matter what you move you make at the deadline. I don't see the Astros as a World Series I agree. team. I really do agree because I think after losing Cole, and it's great we have Verlander and we have Grinky, but losing Cole – but Ver, uh, but Verlander man, hasn't beast. Verlander pitched one game this year. He's been on McCullers year, isn't, and McCullers wasn't pitching well, and now he's on the injured list. And even Grinky throwing a pretty good game the other night. And Grinke's the offense, been, Grinke's went flat. been pretty consistent. <laughs> yeah. So, but the, but you got to have offense to support him, you know. Yeah. So it it's, then then after that, Lance McCullers back on the IL and Christian Javier. He's been great, but he got he got pounded the other night. Um, yeah, who else? We, who else we, we just slide in the pin right Oakland. now. Uh, um, oh, and Brandon Belak, his Jose, last three starts. Jose Arquiti, he just got yeah, activated. Yeah, just came back. Um, and Altuve already starts to hit well. He goes on the injured list on, yeah. in the lineup. Um, but Brandon Belak, who had a good first three starts, his last two or three starts have just been awful. I think in two of them, he didn't even get out of the first inning. Here's the most promising thing from the season for me so far is Kyle Tucker is oh he's living finally up. he is playing he's got 37 RBIs no he is I mean since I think basically since that Colorado series since that Colorado series he has been one of the best hitters in baseball and he's coming up with big hits too he's he's hitting well with runners in scoring position he's hitting well like in big situations uh, these aren't like garbage time RBIs when we're already down six runs and he hits a two run homer like he's coming up with hits in big spots and we need him because. George Springer, Josh Reddick, Michael Brantley, all their contracts are up at the end of the year, and all three of those guys are not going to be back. <laughs> Maybe we get one of them. If we're lucky, we get two of them back, but not all three of those guys are coming back. So we, they need the Astros need Kyle Tucker to be – they need him to be a good player. They need him to be the prospect 
that he was uh, hyped up to be, and he's starting to show that right now. Would you want Springer back? I think Springer will take a pay cut after the way he's hit this year. Um, I, if you can get Springer on a one or two year deal, uh, yeah. I mean, if Definitely he reasonable. if he wants thirty million dollars, as much as I love Springer, like yeah, nah, he's not a Mookie Betts guy. He's just not. He no. hasn't produced at that level. No, he's been close at times. I mean, he hit, I think he hit like forty two homers last year. No, not forty two. I was, think it, it he was, was up all, in that range. He was like thirty nine. I mean, it was like he was, has the power when he's on. Yeah, he does. I mean, it's and just he can this, be clutch. I mean, this is a bad year to hit free agency but, if you're a hitter. Yeah. All because, of them. Like all hit, hitters across the, like Christian Yelich is hitting below two hundred right now. <laughs> like you look at that A's lineup and like last year you had guys like Marcus Semien, who's the MVP conversation, and Matt Chapman, yeah. who's really, really good, and Matt He's Olson. Up and down. And yeah. like all these guys are hitting, you know, other than Charlie Blackman, who who for a good while was hitting over four hundred, like all these guys are hitting terribly. Nolan Arenado for the Rockies is hitting terribly. Um unless you play for the Dodgers, you know, you're hitting you're hitting pretty bad right now. I think it's just really hard for guys to get into a groove, um, some guys, and especially with games being postponed and you're playing just these handful of teams. I yeah. don't know. I, I mean, maybe for some guys it's hard to get up. Maybe for some guys not playing in front of a crowd at all, maybe some guys need that. And maybe that is concerning. And having a weird ramp-up period coming into the season. and It's been like, really weird. So Kyle Tucker's fourth in all of Major League Baseball and RBIs right now. So Man, he really didn't start driving runs until like a month ago. And he's only hitting 272, so he's, he's probably in his But last his average has skyrocketed yeah. from what it was the first three weeks. What? Is, but you, you know what? One of your picks that surprised me whenever we were doing our picks for baseball this season that is panning out for you is that White Sox pick. Oh, yeah. No, because they're like, I thought young teams would do well. Like even like you're looking at Baltimore and Detroit right now are in the playoff race. Those teams are terrible, or last year they were terrible. I think young teams are the beneficiary of this. I think veteran teams, and I think this, this is where the Astros fall into. Mm-hmm. Like veteran teams that have been there, done that, and have their routine of how they get ready for a season, and you know just all the like they're they're you know set in their ways almost. I think veteran teams are hurting because it's such a weird year. But then the young teams, you have guys who are used to being called up on a moment's notice. They're used to being a little bit more uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. I think that's why the White Sox are thriving in this. But AL Central with the Twins, White Sox, that's and Indians. A tough one. That's a, that's brutal. Nelson Cruz is hitting 342 in Minnesota. Nelson Cruz is a great hitter. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's cheating. He's, oh my gosh! He's a great hitter. I actually that, wanted, that really surprised. Three forty two is a career high for him. That is a that is a high average. But I mean, you get to play the Royals a lot in that division. Not like the Tigers have any kind of great pitching. Yeah, and I think the Twins probably have the best pitching in that division. And then man, uh, I, the Indians. The Indians. The Indians got. They some just guys. lost Clevenger. Man, but they got guys who are, like the Indians. Like they're they have guys in the farm system like they have pitchers yeah. coming up they're like what the astros were a few years ago when the astros <laughs> just had a bunch of arms like coming through the system yeah that's where the indians are at right now their front office is in a very good job man i I tell you the dodgers look really good like well i say dodgers veter- look ridiculous the, like when i said like veteran teams are Hated. struggling the dodgers are like immune to all of it <laughs> like whatever like bad things are happening to other teams the dodgers are just immune to it right now they're so the dodgers are deep they're really deep and i they deserve a lot of credit for that. They really do because yeah. they've stayed stacked. They've kept their guys in check. And and honestly, the Dodgers are a classy organization. And I hate the fact that as Astros fans, we've been warring essentially with Dodgers fans for a little bit um, over, you know, some things. But, you know, Dodgers fans aside, I think the Dodgers organization is actually pretty darn classy. No, the Do- I mean, the Dodgers have done a great job this year. I don't, I don't want them to win the World Series, no, but it's no. hard to pick against them. 
Yeah. Uh, it's starting to look like they're just they're kind of running away. It, it looks like like watching baseball this year. It it just feels like there's a Dodgers and there's everyone else. Like even the, like the Yankee. It was supposed to be a Yankee Dodgers year if you listen to the national media. Um, and the Yankees are on the. They're a half game away from being out of the playoffs. How about them Yankees? Well, I mean, they're, they're similar to the Astros right now, where they um, they have so many injuries. Yeah, so many injuries. Riddled. I mean, it's. I mean, I like like New York. I mean, Judge Stanton is hurt. I mean, Miguel Andahar is hurt. Uh, and their pitching's not that good to begin with. They really only have one. I mean, they they have a couple of guys, but they're just they've never really panned out. Paxton went there, and he's never really been good. Pa- I mean, Jay Happ's been their hottest pitcher over the last like, like three or pa- four starts. Like Paxton and like Paxton's been very hot and cold. The Yankees just don't have like outside of Tanaka, who's been consistent for them, right? Um, and then even Garrett Cole starting to struggle a little bit right now, and he's starting to get it from Yankee fans. It's like, did you expect he was going to come and <laughs> be like a sub two ERA guy? What All is right. it? Is John John Boy complaining? Uh, like I just know, I just know a lot of Yankee fans are mad yeah. because it's like he's not you know God. Um, but he and he hasn't been bad. No, I mean, he hasn't been bad. He's sixty three ERA right now, but he, he hasn't been Garrett Cole. He wasn't what he was the second half of last year with the Astros, which was the best stretch of pitching in his career. He wasn't going to be that, that far and away. Yeah, like and maybe he hits that level at some point in the Yankee uniform, he but he wasn't going to be that this year, year like year one. He's getting hit a lot. Just in general, he's getting hit a lot. Well, he he's got plays a lot in, of strikeouts. He plays in that lot. little league ballpark in New York with a jet stream flying through it. I oh mean, my gosh. But oh well, oh well, Garrett Cole. I mean, that's what I mean. It's hard to. I'm not going to feel bad for him. He's, he's there the rest like of his life. Thirty six million dollars <laughs> yeah, like a year. He's he, not going he, anywhere. He doesn't need my pity. Um, but it's a. Uh, I, I think the Yankees will ultimately. I think that Major League Baseball will change the playoff <laughs> format. <laughs> that will cancel the season. Everyone has COVID. Good night. Yeah, they, it's always possible. Um, like they like they set up this eight team format, so. If if the Yankees or Dodgers, if they had injuries or if someone got COVID, they would still make the playoffs. Yeah. Like that is why they set it up the way they did was to keep the best teams in the playoffs. But it's getting uh, the Yankees are on the fringe, man. They're really on the fringe. And they got they got twenty or they got God, nineteen games left. It'd be something if the Orioles or the Tigers overtook them for that last spot. Man, God, that'd be. Fantastic. I couldn't imagine the Orioles making the playoffs. <laughs> I would celebrate. Just, Celebrate. Well, how would how would you want to celebrate? Uh, I'd probably just do a lot of at John Boy on Twitter. I just just every day. That's all you would do. I'd set up a bot account if I could. If I could figure oh that one out, just gosh. do a bot account, just so I can smash them. There's a couple of Yankees fans on Twitter that I've gotten along with over the last couple of years, and we'll we'll have pleasantries. Uh-huh. Um, but that guy, he's just. I'll give him. I'll applaud him for capitalizing. Like he capitalized yeah. really well, but. Otherwise, uh, <laughs> suck it, John Boy. So here, I, I, I do want to say your Padres pick preseason. Uh, they're, they're probably not going to win the AOS. The Dodgers have been otherworldly, but the Padres are twenty-seven yeah. and seventeen. That's one of the best records in baseball right now. Here, I'm pull it up. That their is, offense is great. Yeah, no, the Padres have been really, really good this year. I mean, they have the third best record in baseball. Yeah, and they're they're. they're I think pitching is going to be a concern for them. Um, otherwise, and I could be wrong on that because I'm trying to. Bring or no, it too, they have so. like uh, they have or they have the second best record in National League, and the American League division winners are all like slightly better than the Padres. But I mean, they've like if you told me before the season, like I say, you hit on that prediction. I mean, they're 27 and 17 through 34 games. I mean, that's or 44 games. That's what you want. 
like the Padres have, the Padres have been really really good. It's just in a national league. It's hard to see anyone beating the Dodgers right now, given the way the Dodgers are playing. They're very well balanced. The Padres lead baseball and runs scored, but pitching wise, I don't think they have it. Um, I mean, they, it's a very young. It's Padres, a young Padres, Dodgers, Braves. The Giants are fourth in runs scored. How about that, man, dude? I'll I'll, I'll give you the one offense. team that I think in the National League could beat the Dodgers. Chicago Cubs. That's the Chicago one, Cubs. I think that's the one team that could beat the Dodgers. It'd be interesting. I think that that's the one team. But man, other than it's tough. I'll tell you, I don't think the Astros are a World Series team this year. I'm kind of rooting for Oakland. Yeah, I could I could do that with Oakland, except for Mike Fires getting a second ring. How is he not lined up to pitch against the Astros yet? Uh, okay, and that, even the series know, right now, I was you, looking at that. They you know they what, have some you know randos what, off you, the street pitching, man. You know what this is? I bet you he gets left off the postseason roster. <laughs> is he pitching poorly? That's what I'd be curious too. Because I mean, that year that we left him off, he there was a time frame he was carrying the the Astros well, pitching yeah, staff with all the injuries. But then right there towards the tail end of the season, he he imploded, and yeah, he got well, pushed out. Well, it wasn't even as much as he imploded. Like he started pitching a little bit worse. Uh, he has a four ninety three ERA this year, so not great, not terrible. There's a uh, lot of guys with shitty ERAs though. When I'm like going through like my fantasy team trying to find guys off the shelf. Yeah. I, I think right now, I bet the average ERA in Major League Baseball is probably around five. Where all anyone who qualifies, you know, for innings pitched, I would bet it's somewhere in the really? five range. It's it's bad, man. Um, Which is funny. There's a lot of non qualifiers, too. Be, yeah. Oh, that is true. Yeah. Because a lot of guys have just been up and down, up and down, yeah. up and down. Well, I mean, if I'm Oakland, if, like, I'm looking at carrying, like, into the pit, like, into the, like, into the postseason. Like, who am I going to carry? If I'm Oakland, I'm looking like, do I just carry a bunch of bullpen guys? Try to ride my bullpen through the postseason? Like seriously. Maybe. And that that that, that formula that the Rays used last year. I, and see, that's why the Rays I thought could potentially win the World Series. I think they're built for a short season. I mean, Oakland's uh Oakland's pitching staff is pretty ridiculous too. Like Jake Deacon's coming out of the bullpen with that sidearm delivery. Uh, here, I just pulled up the Oakland bull. So, Oakland bullpen right now. Liam Hendricks, 147 ERA. J.B. Wendelkin, 145 ERA. Joaquin Soria, 270 ERA. Yasmero Pettit, 216 ERA. T.J. McFarland, 169 ERA. Jake Diekman has not allowed a run this year in 15 appearances. Wow. Lou Trevino. Oh, two- Ryan Presley. <laughs> Lou Trevino, 270 ERA. Lou Trevino? Yeah. What's he doing there? Um, well, right now, the Astros collectively have a 458 ERA, so... Talk about flipping things around, man. You know what the A's have? A 358 ERA. And then the Indians, like, wow, 284? No, I'm, I'm telling thinking, you, man, the Who Indians else is pitching for the Indians besides pitch. the Beebs? I mean, uh, everybody's. They have this guy <laughs> in a bullpen. I can't pronounce his name, like Karchinyak or something, uh, but he is incredible. Plesic? Plesak? Oh, Plesak. Plesak? Plesak. Yeah. Um, so, young guys. Yeah, no, they got, like, yeah, it's all guys coming up in the farm system. Like they, I oh mean, the Indians could. The American League playoffs are going to be very entertaining. I'm not sure how entertaining the National League playoffs are going to be, but the American League playoffs will be very entertaining. One well, something I really like too is is the universal DH this season, and I hope it sticks. But that's, oh, that that has to stick. It's I think that's also changing the dynamic because NL teams aren't built for that, but they're they're utilizing it well. Mm-hmm. But I think you have to change just an entire dynamic of like how a manager approaches. You have teams who hired managers specifically to coach NL ball. Yeah. And, you know, I, I don't think it's that huge to overcome or change, but 
some you just, managers you just don't really have to strategize. make double switches. Yeah, that's all it is. And that you're just changing that that dynamic, but you're also not having to worry about accounting also, for I the pitcher. I also think the DH it really helps the Dodgers because the Dodgers have always have always <laughs> had like great depth of yeah. talent, like as opposed to the other to the other National League teams. But the Dodgers are really built to play with a DH, yeah. like with the amount of hitters that they have. You know, you just get your guys more at bats. I think it was last night or the night before is uh, Lux like steps up out of nowhere, yeah. has five a five RBI game. I mean, you have Max Muncie who I know starts at first most of the time, but I mean I'm sure they DH him too. Um, if you want to give him, I mean, a lot of their time off, you know, a lot of their guys are like utility guys almost. They play all over the place. I mean, look at Cody Bellinger started his career at first base. He plays in a corner outfield, you know, and now, you know, he plays in center sometimes. Chris Taylor, who in 2017 was our center fielder, is a second baseman. (laughs) You know, Kiki Hernandez. Oh, Oh, man. I would love to have had him. I'd love to have him stay. He plays everywhere. Yeah. But he was part of the deal that got us. No, 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 no. no. He wasn't part of the Alvarez deal. No, but that's that, another point to that bring up Josh the Astros. Fields. We're missing guys like that too. Not having asked uh, Alvarez. I mean, you know, first. Oh yeah, Jordan Alvarez. Born. Bregman just came back yesterday. He's been out for a while. Tuve's out right now. Springer's missed time. Brantley's missed time. And the Astros still lead the American League in runs scored. So by the end of September, if every, everything is a go, things might be looking better. Verlander will probably be back magically. It. So that's like what gives me hope is that yeah. okay if we're fully healthy we still have a pretty dang good team but we won't have Jordan Alvarez which does hurt a lot like when I picked the Astros to win a World Series it was with the assumption that Jordan Alvarez would be playing in the playoffs putting um, up forty or fifty homers yeah and Roberto um, Osuna's well, out he's not, not this year he's not coming back yeah um, and Presley's he's gotten more stable lately. Man, but he's, I don't he's not him. a closer. Yeah, I just don't trust him as much. And it's like honestly, I think Paredes is the guy I'd trust. Yeah, to close because he's just a hard thrower, and I think that's important. Now he just the... doesn't seem rattled by pressure. Yeah, like that. Like he just doesn't seem rattled by pressure. That's the uh, that's that's the guy I trust. I think is Paredes in the bullpen. I don't know if I trust anybody else. Who Blake else Taylor? doesn't get Who else doesn't get rattled by pressure that you know of that plays in the NBA right now in the playoffs? My boy Kawhi Leonard. <laughs> hey, we'll be right He's back. With cold. Some, yeah, we'll be back with some NBA playoff stuff. The Rockets and Lakers from last night, exciting game. Uh, but we'll be back with NBA playoffs and the NFL. It is NFL. It is football season. Eve, leave your avocado ice cream for Tom Brady. We'll be right back with all this and more on the Ride On Sports Podcast. I'd like to take this minute to talk about RideOnCorpus.com. Right on Corpus is a lifestyle media company that creates fun in our city by promoting experiences that you guys will love. They're the people to turn to for advice on everything Coastal Bend. What fun shall you do today? Find out at rightoncorpus.com. And we're back here on the Right On Sports Podcast and... Man, the Houston Rockets are in some trouble now. I thought they were going to win last night. Like, do you think go- they're in trouble? So going into the game, I thought, and I may or may not have had a wager on the Rockets <laughs> winning last night. Oh. Um, I thought they were going to win. And I even felt good after the first half when mm-hmm. LeBron had 29 points because the Rockets were still up by three. I was like, okay, LeBron's not dropping 60 tonight. But then R- John Rondo scores like 19 points in the second half. Playoff Rondo. Oh, my gosh. I'll tell you, if if Rajon Rondo gets 21 points and 9 assists, you're just losing that game if you're playing the Lakers. Like, you're just going to lose. That that was a problem, but, man, there, no one besides Harden or Westbrook really did anything for the Rockets. That's concerning. That is, and I, I think that's something we talked about when the playoffs were starting, is just that the 
the depth behind those two guys is lacking. It's not bad, but Eric Gordon, Tucker, Eric Gordon, yeah, Eric Gordon off, needs to play better because Tucker, he's like, uh, like you need him to hit those corner threes, but he is there for his defense. Yeah, and Eric, he plays it hard, but you also see him getting ran over too sometimes, man. Where it's just that's the size matters, I guess, huh? Yeah, but man, Eric Gordon has to play better. Like he's he he needs to be an eighteen point a game guy. When I thought they said that he had three 20-point games in a row coming into that game last night, but then he dudded it. I mean, he just a total dud last night. And I mean, Covington didn't do much. Tucker didn't do oh. much offensively. And Daniel, Covington took that uh, what the elbow to oh, the face or whatever. That was brutal elbow brutal. from yeah. Davis. Um, I mean, it was unintentional. It, I mean, yeah. it, was, it was just unfortunate. Yeah. Um, Daniel House was out last night, so they had to play Ben McLemore more minutes, which I don't think Ben McLemore is a very good player. Um, <laughs> Jeff Green was – I mean, I actually think the adjustments the Lakers made defensively were the story – like, that was the story of the second half for me. They did some things defensively to Houston that I'm not sure Houston's going to be able to overcome. Yeah, and it's it's interesting. Um, I, I thought, too, that LeBron was just on a tear. Like yeah, you you just, want him tested for PEDs. Yeah, I'm telling you, man, he was just like – he, he went and did a line or something, and he was just fired huh. up, man. He was blowing through people. Well, a point that we were talking about before in the uh, in the pre-show was that, <laughs> like Westbrook going to drive a lane and then he just stops and tries to pop yeah. a shot. So this, that so, he just misses. So horribly. this was the adjustment the Lakers made because the Lakers what what you can't have is the Rockets just hitting threes on you. That's what you can't have. So the Lakers adjustment was so obviously they doubled Harden, but the adjustment for Russ. Was we're not going to help. Like the only person that's allowed to help on Russ's drives is LeBron, and that's because LeBron is smart enough to know when he can help without getting beat for a kickout three. So like that's the only person allowed to help on Russell Westbrook's drives, and they're putting hmm. bigger guys on him. Like they're putting, they're not afraid to switch Anthony Davis onto him. They're putting uh, Marcus Morris on him. Uh, they're switching bigger defenders onto him because Russ, frankly, has lost a step. Um, and I'm not blaming – like, last night's loss – the game two losses on Russ. He played terrible. But game three last night, Russ played fine. I mean, yeah. he, I mean, he was actually very good in the first half, and he played fine in the second half. But he's not blowing by people. Like, he's not uh, he's not punishing when a big man comes to guard him. When less athletic guys, bigger guys come on to guard him, he's not punishing those matchups because he can't blow by those guys. Yeah. And maybe it is a squad injury. Maybe that's slowing him down. Maybe it's just – deterioration uh you know when you get older you get less athletic but if the rockets don't figure out how to score consistently hit threes consistently on the lakers if they're going to double harden and not help off russ then this series is going to be over in five games yeah and what bothers me is just like you said uh like like you need more from eric gordon for example but guys like Austin Rivers being so streaky, you know, like he's he's barely played in the last two. Or three I just games. don't think he can rely on Austin Rivers. For yeah, anything. he's too streaky, right? Like he's just really inconsistent. Uh, maybe just <laughs> I don't know what's but he there I mean, for. I mean, the Lakers can't, or the Rockets can't shorten their rotation any more than they already have. And it feels like that's the same thing that's happened the last three seasons under uh, Dan Tony. Well, I think 2018 was unfortunate because Chris Paul got hurt. I think that was just the unfortunate. That was the Rockets' best chance. So why do you have these guys on a roster if you're not going to play them? I mean, Chris Clemens. Well, I mean, you have Mark to. Mark Harrell. I mean, you have to. Yeah, have, I know they got to be there, but like, but, but, is that just bad roster management that you have that many guys that you just can't even bring in the rotation? What well, I think they, the Rockets they, they they went all in on their style, like at the trade deadline when they traded Capella and when they traded for Robert Covington, they went mm-hmm. all in on this micro ball, Maury ball style that they're playing, 
and you like this is if go go down on your sword, you know, if you're yeah. gonna like you gotta Once like again. you're not playing Tyson Chandler at this point. You're not playing Chris Clemens in must win games. Like yeah. you're sticking with your I mean, I think an eight man playoff rotation is a good thing. Uh, I think Milwaukee would have been better served to shorten their rotation earlier against Miami. But Houston, I th- like they don't have because they only want to shoot threes and dunks. Like those are the only shots they want. So the Lakers are taking away the three-point shots. And outside of Rust and Harden, none of these other guys can create for themselves. Yeah. And even like Eric Gordon, who is a decent driver to the basket, you can help when Eric Gordon drives because Eric Gordon is not going to kill you with his playmaking. Mm-hmm. So the like the Rockets are they don't have enough layers to their game as a team, and that's what the Lakers are exposing. Because yeah. the Lakers, what they're doing, they're doubling Harden up top, and then, so they're trying to keep Harden. They want to keep him out of the lane because Harden's the one guy that is elite on the Rockets. He's the one guy on the Rockets that is elite, making plays for others as he is driving. Russ is an okay passer, but he's not great at it, and they're not helping when Russ is driving. They're allowing their bigger guys to keep Russ in front of him, and if Russ makes tough little eight foot shots over you know over bigger guys and that's just what he makes you kind of just gotta mm-hmm. live with it because he's not all that efficient of a player and then when other guys get the ball when jeff green gets the ball or pj tucker gets the ball or robert covington those guys unless they're open when they catch it they're not going to go and create shots for themselves yeah they're not worried they're not going to score they're not really worried about them as long as they get a decent closeout on those guys so the rockets have to figure out a way to adjust they got to figure out a way to score when harden is getting doubled because they are they're going to lose the series in five games if they can't really adjust their offense they got to figure out they got to solve this Laker double team on James Harden. Like what the Lakers have done defensively, what Frank Vogel and the coaching staff did in the second half of that game defensively, I thought was masterclass. I mean, they held the Rockets <laughs> to like 30 points in the second half. Like they scored 64 in the first half. They held them to, I think, 38 in the second half. That was brilliant. Um, the Rockets got to figure out how to score on this Lakers team or else this series is going to be over in four days. So I think – when the playoffs were starting, you had said Miami might be trouble for for Milwaukee. Like I didn't already... have the guts to pick Miami. <laughs> yeah, I not the guts, the but guts. I think you said they would pro- they would be yeah. trouble for them. And uh, wow, I didn't was, think that's... that I, I gave Milwaukee too much credit. I guess. I mean, I would think anyone would though. They were the number one seed. They, I, I mean, well built team. I wanted to pick Miami so bad. I mean, I didn't um, even pay attention to that series at all. I just suddenly saw, wow, Miami beat Milwaukee. What the hell happened, man? Um, well, this is what happened is Miami, and this is what I said in the playoff preview and why I thought uh, Milwaukee, I knew the series. I, well, Miami won game one. I thought, okay, Giannis is great. Milwaukee will bounce back. When Miami won game two, and I saw the Bucks really didn't have an answer for what Miami was doing, I was like, oh, this series is over. Like I, at that point, I was like, man, Milwaukee is not. They're not getting up because uh, Miami has so many guys. Like they have, um, they have Jay Crowder who can defend Giannis effectively. They have obviously Jimmy Butler. They have Andre Iguodala. They have Bam Adebayo. They have a lot of guys that they can throw onto Giannis, so Giannis can't just wear dudes out. You know, just attacking the rim relentlessly. Miami's throwing so many people at them, and then Miami, where the Bucks get you, is with Giannis attacking people, and their three point shooting around Giannis is great. Mm-hmm. Miami has so many guys that can throw at Giannis, and they're a great three-point shooting team as well. So they neutralize the Bucks' two biggest assets. Like the immediate, Miami just neutralizes those immediately, like just on paper they do, which is why I thought Miami would give them trouble. Now I thought the Bucks would eventually overcome and win it. Uh, Giannis, I mean, 
I saw something yesterday, and I'm not super into the Giannis versus Harden debate because I don't think I just never compare those two players. Different styles altogether. Well, they're just yeah, yeah they're just so different. But yeah. Rockets fans are pretty outraged that Giannis is about to win back-to-back MVPs and Harden's not collecting his MVP trophies. But man, imagine the Heat James Harden would have gotten in 2018 losing to Utah as a five seed. Yeah, and Giannis like. And five. It's games. two different standards. There's, there's some for whatever yeah. reason. There's, there's a lot of hate for Harden, and I don't understand well, why. I think Harden's just not that likable of a person. <laughs> well, he's, he's like a really flat personality at times, unless you see it come out of him. Yeah, you know. And it's, it's like whenever uh, the other night, whenever they beat, uh, who the hell they beat in the first round? Okay, see. And then, and then he was like, "Yeah, I'm effort." You know, like Harden showed a personality that you just never see from him. You always see it out of LeBron. Whether yeah. it's LeBron celebrating something or crying to refs, you see LeBron's personality nonstop, whiny. Yeah. But <laughs> Harden, you know, if, if if he drives and he takes an elbow to the eyeball, and it, it does happen, he gets up, he's holding his eye. Everyone's like, "Oh, he's so weak." You have take you, an elbow to the eye. Have you ever eye. seen Harden in person? No, he is a big guy. He is a big guy. He is he's big. That's why I've wondered like how he. I mean, he's not your typical shooting guard. It's how he plays right? through contact. So that's why he plays through contact so well. It's because mm-hmm. he's so big. Yeah, like he's just a big. Like everyone says, like he's out of shape. He's um, built. Like he is a big guy. Yeah, and he's like, what? See, six four, six five, six five. Like he's just a two thirty something, two forty. Yeah, something, maybe? Like he probably like two. Th- I don't think he can play at two forty. Um, probably, probably like high two twenties, low two thirties. Okay. Um. But he is just a bit like his arms are big, his legs yeah. are big. Um, he's just a big human being. He's what we used to say is stocky back in the day. We'd but he's that, not. That but he's stocky. not stocky. <laughs> he's he's. I don't he's think he's thick. I don't, he's thick. Is he thick with two C's or just a C and a K? Uh, I think there's a there's a really deliberate difference a, there. <laughs> I, I think we need um I think we need some outside counsel on that one. Um, but I I am worried about the Thank Rockets. God we don't have any. <laughs> yeah, no, I I, I agree. I, I think after last Rockets. night, just seeing just the way they yeah they adjusted, and you could see the way LeBron and AD actually like were working, like that was yeah. working really well. Well, then I mean, I mean what was big for the Rondo gave him twenty one points, and so yeah. I so I go back and forth because I think the d- defensive adjustments the Lakers made in the second half really slowed Houston down. But if Rondo scores six points like he usually does instead of twenty one, yeah, the Rockets, Rockets would have won last night. So I, I got a little torn because Rondo's not giving you 21-9 and nine again. If he does that consistently, then the Lakers are going to win a championship. Um, but that's just not – I mean, I don't think that's going to happen. But the Rockets have to figure out what they're going to do offensively because they refuse to take mid-range jumpers. And I've already you know gone on rants about that. I don't need to rehash that. Yeah. But they're like that's just who the Rockets are. They're not going to take these mid-range jumpers. They want threes and dunks. So they need to figure out – they need to adjust to the Lakers, figure out what they can do – to create those shots that they want without James Harden being able to, to create the volume of shots that he does, whether it's for himself or for other people. Because the Lakers are just they're doubling they're doubling Harden. They're doing it pretty smart. They're doing it smartly. And then when when Harden does it, you know, occasionally beat the double or just gets past it and gets to the rim, I think the Lakers are doing the right thing and just letting him get the dunk rather than setting up his shooters for open threes and getting them confident. They're not fouling him very often either. I think OKC did a very good job of that as well, where Billy Donovan, who just got fired, and I think that's a crime. <laughs> um, but OKC did a good job of not fouling Harden, like not yeah. taking him to the line, and the Lakers are similarly doing a very good They're job. It's kind of like, They're, like you said, the double team backing off a little bit, well, right? To well, then also, like once he starts shooting the ball, like you don't don't fly at him. 
Yeah, yeah. Like make him. Because he takes advantage of that. Yeah, make He's like a cat. Just make him it's make crazy. the shot. Like yeah. if he, if he scores fifty points on twenty or thirty shooting, that's just how you're gonna lose. Right. Like you just gotta kind of live with it. Like, but don't let him go to the free throw line twenty times. Yeah. Don't don't let him get forty points on twelve shots and he's shooting twenty free throws. Right. Like you don't want him to do that. What you want if he's gonna score on you, make him make shots in live action. Yeah. Over like you know over you, but don't don't be stupid with it. And the Lakers, I think, are the Lakers defensively just played a very very good second half yesterday, and I think what they did was rep. They can replicate it in these next you know in the rest of the series. If the Rockets don't figure out how to adjust it, how to make the Lakers get out of that defense that they are playing, then the series is going to be over in five games. That is that 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 is what I think. So Clippers Nuggets. I th- I think the Clippers just have, they just over they have too even if the Nuggets win tonight, um, the Clippers have too much talent, and they have no one for Ka- they have no one for Kawhi or and Paul George starting to play well. Uh, Paul George starting to play well, and like the Clippers, the Nuggets did everything right in Game Three. Like they executed better, they had the better game plan. Jokic was awesome. Michael Porter played really well for really the first time this, this postseason. Um, and the Nuggets' chemistry was better, and that you know their coaching was better, and everything was better. But the Clippers had Kawhi and Paul George, so none of that mattered. Yeah, like it just didn't matter. So I think. I like Nuggets as a team. I think they have a lot of good young players, and they're going to be a very competitive team going forward. But they're not going to beat the Clippers. They don't have the personnel to do it. They don't have the wing defenders for Kawhi and Paul George. They've kind of always been that team, man. The Denver's always been the kind of go deep in the Western Conference and not really. They're a consistently edge. pretty good organization yeah. um, for a long time, really. Yeah. From before when they were consistently a horrible organization, they've become a pretty good one, kind yeah. of like the Mavericks. Yeah, you know, I mean, the, the I, Mavericks were a laughing stock. I mean, the 80s, even like uh, Denver, and they're both in the Rocky Mountains, but Denver and Utah, where you were born, where I was born. No, I said before you were born. Oh, <laughs> no, but like Denver and Utah are they—they're never terrible. Like both those teams are never like they haven't—they haven't won a championship, but both those teams are never terrible. They're That's always so like just good, well-run organizations. I think Denver right now is closer than Utah because I think Denver has—they got a superstar in Jokic. Potentially a budding superstar in Jamal Murray. We'll see with the ne- over the next couple of years with him. And I think Michael Porter can be a really, really good player. Um, and I think they, you know, now that they need to fill, but he's only twenty right now, so they need to fill out that roster. But I just don't think Denver has a firepower to beat the Clippers. Not this year. Um, and then Boston and Toronto. Uh, we'll see if Boston ends it tonight. I picked Toronto to win that series in seven. The coaching in that series has just been very intriguing to me. But it's come down to just who shot the ball well. I mean. If Boston shoots the ball well tonight, they'll finish it out. If Toronto shoots the ball well tonight, we'll see Game Seven, which I'd love to see a Game Seven. I love Game Sevens. Yeah, no, so, I, I agree. It'd be so nice to Friday, Friday night, we could be uh, we could be missing a Game Seven on Friday night. Who knows? I hope that we do. Um, <laughs> NFL wise, we got about fifteen minutes left on this uh, grand podcast, so let's Ooh. jump into the. What seemed very unlikely to happen not long ago, but man, how I lucky always is the NFL? thought the NFL would play because I am an optimist. <laughs> they, they, I'm, I'm an optimist, and I believe the NFL wants their money. So lucky. I think if someone tests positive for COVID in the NFL, they're probably just going to smother them. They're not even going to tell you. They're going to lay low on that. Well, they they've only had one positive test in NFL training camp. Right. So <laughs> you don't. Quite I don't believe buy that. it. There's no way, dude. There's no way. Well, because so, they're keeping it. But it's like the NBA bubble, where if you don't let COVID into the facility, 
then you don't have to worry about anybody in a facility getting COVID. But you have so many more people to control. But again, if it doesn't get into the facility and they're taking all these precautions, then you don't have to worry about anybody getting it. Now, it's going to be different when the regular season starts. It's going to be hugely different, yeah. Well, because like in training camp, a lot of teams have guys like at the team hotel. And they have the guys monitored pretty much the yeah, whole day. They got to travel. So I, I, I believe it because most teams – I'm not even worried about the travel necessarily because baseball is traveling. And you, and they've had very minimal COVID tests after the first week. Um, I think like the A's had one like two weeks ago, and that's the only one that's happened recently. Um, I'm not worried about the travel. I'm worried about when players go home to their families and they have kids and their wife goes out to dinner with her friends, but then one right. of her friends gets COVID. Like, and these are that, all in that, large cities. Yeah. All so, these teams So are. That's, that is what I'm worried about with the NFL. But I believe it hasn't happened in training camp yet because most of the players are at team hotels. Yeah. And so they're being monitored for. Well, time. the thing that's for me with the NFL, it's hard, though, is you can't make up games. I mean, if a, if a, a game gets no. canceled, you're out of luck. You know, what are they going to play so, on a bye so, week, an so open the, week? So the NFL has scheduled uh, – or not scheduled. They have um, expanded practice squads. So if you have, like, four guys on your team get COVID, then you can – you have – like, instead of an eight-man practice squad, you have 16 guys on the practice squad. Yeah. So they have done – and, again, like, it's after – strategy, Cotton. And then after a game is played, you get two days off, but you guys still have to go to the facility for testing every day. Yeah. So everyone is going to be getting tested all the time. So you will – it is a lot of tests. A lot of tests. So I think I think the NFL. I think it will be. I think we'll get through a full season. No, I, I think I we believe. Will. I think we will. It'll just be interesting though, because legitimately, if they have to cancel a game, uh, that's going to be trouble. I mean, you're just you're going to have to nullify something. You know, you're not going to be able to award a division off of a winning percentage or something like that. I mean. It's it's and it's gonna be tough if like someone gets a game canceled and they go ten and five and the and the winner the guy who's leading the division is ten and six or eleven and five because yeah. the guy who got the game canceled is gonna be like hey you know we were playing the Jaguars that week yeah. we were gonna win that game you know yeah it's it's <laughs> it's gonna be tricky but it'll be fun regardless it'll be fun and uh, I'm 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 on the ship man uh, it's it's gonna be a pretty solid season I think that you said that you are rolling with your, your I'm rolling Tampa. with Brady. Tampa Brady. Tampa Brady. <laughs> no, I think um, – so my prediction for – I have um, in the Super Bowl, I have the Ravens and the Buccaneers. And in the Super Bowl, I take, I'll take Tom Brady to so win. So no Chiefs repeat? No, I think I, – I have them losing to the Ravens in the AFC title game. Okay. I think the game will be in Baltimore. And I think also the Chiefs, they are – if you can keep the ball out of their hands, like keep the ball out of their offense's hands, that's how you're going to beat them because you're not really going to stop Patrick Mahomes too many times over the course of a game. So you have to limit his – you have to limit his drives. You have to limit how many times he touches the ball. And the Ravens with that running game, they, I think they're well-equipped to do that. And I think the game will be in Baltimore. Uh, so it's going to be nasty weather in Baltimore in late January. So I, I will take the Ravens to win the AFC. I mean, if the Chiefs, I wouldn't be surprised if the Chiefs repeat. Um, they wouldn't shock me, but I'm gonna take the Ravens in, to, in the AFC this year. And then the NFC, man. So I think Tampa gets off to a bad start. They'll start off one and two, um, and then they'll go twelve and one the rest of the way, finishing thirteen and three in the middle. So early in the season, their schedule's a little tough. Their first five games are not easy, but after week five. It lightens up a lot. The middle, the middle of their schedule is pretty weak, and I think that's when Brady and the offense are going to find their rhythm. And then once they do play tougher teams later in the season and then in the playoffs, I think they'll have their rhythm going. Brady will be 
on you know he will be in like him and his receivers are gonna have some good chemistry at that point and he has so many weapons on that offense and Tampa Bay has a really good defense too they have probably the best defensive coordinator in the league and Todd Bowles uh their defense played a lot better last year and remember Tampa Bay went seven and nine last season with Jameis Winston throwing 30 <laughs> yeah. interceptions yeah like they turned the ball over 42 times you know the last team to turn the ball over that many times the 0-16 Browns. Wow. And the Tampa Bay won seven games. So it shows you they, they are talented. Mm. And now you're bringing in, I don't think Brady's as good as he was even five years ago, but he's not going to turn the ball over. He is going to be efficient. He's going to hit guys on he's, the money. He, he has great weapons around him. He probably, I mean, he has two receivers that would have been in his top three receivers all time probably yeah. as a Patriot. I mean, honestly. Yeah, I mean, Mike Evans would definitely be number two behind um, – behind Moss yeah. and Godwin he's he's up like Godwin had a really really good year last year and he, he can play in a slide he can play outside he can do a lot of yeah we things. know Brady's not throwing you know 40 or 50 yard passes anymore not often but, but um but the potential's there I mean and you got guys they're they're burners I mean they'll stuff. take a couple deep shots every game so I think yeah offensive wise I think they'll be good but I mean is is are the 49ers have so, they lost any touch? So I think the 49ers, I, so I, I went through the whole season, and I like what I think is going to happen. I have the 49ers getting upset in the first round of the playoffs by the seven seed. There are seven teams in the playoffs this year. Cowboys. The seven seed Seattle Seahawks and Russell Wilson. Ooh, really? You got yeah. them as a seven seed, huh? Yep. I think wow. the, the NFC is brutal this year. Yeah. So here are my NFC playoffs. Well, the NFC West is pretty tough. Yeah, so here are my NFC playoff teams. I have the Bucks as the one seed. So the one seed is the only one that gets to buy. The other six are playing wild card weekend. Mm-hmm. So Tampa Bay is your one seed getting to buy. The 49ers is a two. The Eagles is a three. The Vikings the four. The Rams the five. The Saints the six. And Seattle the seven. Okay. So the Rams and Saints both go eleven and five. Seattle gets in at ten and six, edging out the Dallas Cowboys on a head-to-head tiebreaker. I have the Cowboys going ten and six, but I think they lose to Seattle and would lose the tiebreaker in that scenario. I usually pick the Cowboys to go eight and eight, so I am generous giving them <laughs> ten and six. I am. Well, I they am have ge- such a great quarterback and and wonderful running back, and then C. Well, D. Lamb and their running back. Know, so here's the here's the another thing. number eighty eight. Here's yeah number eighty eight. Uh, I, I would that, not wear that, dude. As a as if, if I'm C. D. Lamb, you know, I'm like I'm I'm C. D. Lamb. I'm not Michael Irvin or Des Bryant. Well, here's the thing: if like the numbers Coke retired, and mom beaters. Yeah. Well, is, is, is it, it retired? Sh- it is, but then Michael Irvin's like, oh, Des he Bryant, you can wear him. it. Yeah, he granted to him. It's just like, man, let it stay retired. Let these guys. Write their own. Because you're putting that weight on their shoulders, yes. man. And also, CeeDee Lamb this year, he's the number three receiver. Yeah. Like, he, and, and, and CeeDee Lamb's a Don't go- tell that to Cowboys fans. He, but no, he is their number three receiver because Amari Cooper is their number one. Michael mm-hmm. Gallup put a thousand yards last year, yeah. so number two. It's not a knock on CeeDee Lamb. I think he's a oh, good Cowboys player. Cowboys fans, once they drafted that guy, I mean, you know, it, they were doing they, They're comparing him to DeAndre Hopkins, oh, is just ridiculous. That's stupid. But man. here's the thing Dallas has, they have. Everyone thinks Mike McCarthy's going to come in and he's going to be the savior and make, you know, make this team really really good. Mike McCarthy run an unimagin he ran an unimaginative offense with Aaron Rodgers at quarterback. Now with Dak Prescott who is an in- a way inferior quarterback to Aaron Rodgers, especially the Aaron Rodgers that Mike McCarthy had in Green Bay. Maybe not Rodgers now. He is starting to decline a little bit. But the Rodgers that McCarthy had in Green Bay was vastly superior to for Dak sure. Prescott. Yeah, for sure. And now you think McCarthy's going to run this super innovative offense, this new age offense. And here's the other thing with McCarthy. The Cowboys' best player on offense 
their best skill position player is number 21, Ezekiel Elliott. Yeah. McCarthy is a pass-happy offensive coordinator. Yeah. He is not a guy who likes to turn around and hand the ball off. He never cared about off. running backs, yeah. Yeah, and again, Zeke w- Zeke's the best running back he's ever coached. I mean, I'll, that's not really up Probably. for debate. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the idea that a pass-happy guy who was never that innovative is all of a sudden going to really cater to his running back and run the super innovative offense and be Kyle Shanahan or Sean McVay or Josh McDaniels or one of these guys – like you're out, you're out, like you're out of your mind if you think that's going to be the case. Well, I'm all for Cowboys failure. So if that's the case, like I just don't like I think celebrate the, that too. Like I think the Cowboys are a so, like they're a solid team. They're decent, but their they, talent can overcome bad coaching possibly. Or yeah, weak but coaching, but, not I, don't, bad but coaching, I think their but talent weak. is overrated. They lost their best cornerback, their best secondary guy, and Byron Jones. Mm. Their secondary is not going to be very good. They lost the guy who led them in sacks last year, Robert Quinn. Both their linebackers, Van Der Esch and Jalen Smith, are injury prone and honestly are not that good against the run. So that's not gonna that's not gonna work out well in the NF, in the NFC with a lot but of. They have Sean Lee. Sean Lee's still there, isn't he? I have no clue if he's still there, but he's not any good at this point in his career. He's always hurt, man. And then also on offense, you're replacing your starting center, Travis Frederick, with Joe Looney, who good luck with that. Who? Exactly. <laughs> your right tackle, Lael Collins, who was really, really good last year, yeah. is going to be missing the first part of the season. You're playing the Rams week one and Aaron Donald, so you're missing two Jeez. of your starting offensive linemen. Oh, but wait, there's more. Connor Williams, your starting left guard, is not going to play week one. So the interior offensive line, mm. center and left guard, that okay. side of the line is going to be backups against Aaron Donald, the best defensive lineman in the league. Yeah, And I think this is... Dallas is not as good in the offensive line as they have been in the years past, losing Travis Frederick. And Dak Prescott, he's only good when he has a bunch of time to throw. When he's under pressure, he is not a very good quarterback. I think the idea that the Cowboys all of a sudden this year are going to turn into this elite team because Mike McCarthy is coaching them, I don't see, other than just being a fan, I don't see how you draw that conclusion based on who Mike McCarthy is, what Dak Prescott is, and what the Cowboys' offense and defense are. I don't see I don't see the Cowboys as an elite team. I think ten and six. I think their schedule is fairly weak. So that I mean, you have to play the Giants and the Red or the Washington football team twice. So that's four automatic wins right there. Yeah, those the two NFC teams, East is terrible. The, I mean, outside of Philly and Dallas, the other yeah. two teams are just absolutely atrocious. You never know what you're going to get with Philly, though. That's that's they're so up and down to me. I think but, they're a really hard team to. Well, Philly hit. cannot. Philly, there's no way they can be more injured than they were last year. Right. Well. We'll see. We'll be surprised, yeah. We'll see, because, man, they lo- they've already lost two of their starting offensive linemen, mm. and I don't like that. Um, That's strange. Yeah, it's – well, I think you're going to well, see – Well, they're kind of like the, the – then there comes like the Houston Texans are of the NFC well, East. You're, the Texans get injured so much, man. But, I, I mean, every, NF, NFL every, team, yeah. every NFL team gets injured a decent amount. But, I mean, yeah. Philly, it's – it's one thing if you lose one offensive lineman or one receiver or one corner. Philly last year, like – Four receivers got hurt. Yeah, the Texans the year they were really bad. Uh, Deshaun's rookie year when Deshaun got hurt, it wasn't just Deshaun getting hurt; their entire defensive line got hurt. Yeah, like it's when you get cluster injuries, like sure. when you're down to your fifth cornerback starting against um, against the Atlanta Falcons. You're playing Julio Jones. That's where you get in the trouble. Yeah, and I think that's where Philly was last year. I think Philly will be better. I think Philly will be better this year. Um, and then. But I just don't see the Cow- – the Cowboys are not an elite team. Uh, nowhere close. Uh, they're not that good on the defensive line. They can't stop the run. 
linebacker, I mean, we'll see like Smith and Van Der Esch, they're fast, they're athletic, they're flashy, but they can't they they can't stop the run, which does like if you can and their defensive line's not gonna get us to run either. So that is a big problem for Dallas. And Dallas' secondary isn't very good. So I don't like defensively, I just don't think Dallas is a very good defensive team. And then co- come back with on offense, your offensive line isn't as good. Your quarterback is average, frankly. I mean, despite what people want to think, like that's what he is. He's average. He's a product of his environment, um, and his environment's not going to be as good this year. Um, and they have good receivers, and they have a good running back, but it's not that they have a creative offensive coach that's going to figure out how to make this work all together. Um, like he was, Aaron Rodgers killed him. And you watch, if you watch him in Green Bay, his last three, four years with the Packers, their offense was very bland. It was very vanilla. I mean, that was a complaint with Jason Garrett was that they were running all the same stuff all the time. Right. Well, McCarthy was just running a different offense in Green Bay, but it's the exact same thing. His offense was just very vanilla. It was very bland. So I don't think the Cowboys are going to be, I think they'll be solid, but they won't be spectacular. We'll move on to the Texans. Cause yeah, I let's talk about something more positive, man. I don't know how much. I, <laughs> so I do have the Texans making the playoffs. AFC playoff teams. I have the Ravens as the one seed getting the bye. Chiefs, the two seed. The Colts winning the AFC South. I think they'll get the three seed. Uh, the Bills, the four seed. The Texans, the five. The Titans, the six. I think the Steelers sneak in there as a seven seed. Um, Houston. Oh, man, I just can't get over the the moronic offseason moves <laughs> that uh, Bill O'Brien tends to make. So, I mean, you don't think Brandon Cooks and Will Fuller can make up for the loss of Hopkins? No. Don't forget Randall Cobb. No. He's not a retread. No, Randall paying Randall Cobb $8 million a year definitely isn't a mistake. But um, <laughs> Kenny Stills? Can, I actually like Kenny Stills. I like him too, but this is a collection of unproven receivers. Well, it's not the unproven. What gets me is that all these like if all these guys stay healthy the entire year, I think this will be the best receiving core Deshaun Watson's ever had. Sure. The problem is all these guys all are very injury-prone. Yeah. All these guys have trouble getting through a full season, have trouble staying healthy. So I think replacing the most dependable receiver in the NFL with a bunch of injury-prone players has potential to be disastrous. Now, I have the Texans making the playoffs because Deshaun Watson is amazing. And I don't, you know, they're going to get... And he's locked up forever. They're, not only four years. He ain't Mahomes. He's locked up for 10. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, but you play the Jaguars twice. Ugh. That's two wins right there. The Jaguars yeah. are atrocious. Um, their schedule is not that tough. Early, it's tough. They can't get off to a worse start. You're playing... Week one, you're playing the Chiefs. And week two, you're playing the Ravens. Uh, so you can't get off to a worse start if you're Houston. Um, but it does li- their schedule does lighten up after that. I'm going to pull it up right now. They do get... Yeah, I was doing the same. Yeah, but they're not like their schedule starts off brutally. Chief Ravens, then at the Steelers. So at those Vikings, and then the, yeah. those first four first are tough. Four. But you, you have a lot of potential to be zero and four coming out of that gate, man. Yeah, you really do. But then after that, you get Jacksonville at home. Bastards. You get at ten. You get at Tennessee, who you're gonna get out of quarterback advantage in that hey, game. Hey, and now we get to see Clowney. Clowney uh, yeah. against Tunzel. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, and, then you <laughs> pack, and then you get the Packers, who I think are gonna take a big step back this year. Then you get Jacksonville Hopefully. again, who's not very good. I think, I think the Texans will start off one and three. I think they'll start off one and three, but I think they'll pick it up. Remember in Deshaun's second year, they started off zero and three, and then won was it nine straight games? Yeah, they were probably, I think they'll they do something. Streak. I don't know if they'll. I don't think they'll win nine straight at any point, but I think they'll go on a good stretch in the middle of the season, and I think that's where they they will make the playoffs. It's not outlandish that they can't beat the Chiefs. They did last year in the regular season at Kansas City. 
And yeah, they had that the was, Chiefs on the ropes until But that was before Kansas City. Like, Kansas City, their defense figured some stuff out late in the year. Um, and, I think, and also, I think the teams with a lot of continuity, especially early in the season, are set up, are set up very well. While Houston did keep quarterback and head coach, entire new receiving core. You bring in David Johnson now, who's not a very good running back. You have a dif- different uh, defensive ch- coordinator. I mean, and yeah. it'll be interesting how he schemes and how he he. I mean, uh, I I hope he doesn't uh, just play man to man coverage every down <laughs> like Romeo Cornell did in that playoff game. But it's um, I, I don't give the Texans much of a chance tonight. Uh, I I'm actually going to be doing a gambling podcast. I'm going to release that uh, either Thursday or Friday, kind of figuring that out. Um, but if you want to bet. On a Thursday night game, the Chiefs are currently uh, minus nine, uh, nine point favorites. I would definitely go Kansas City. I don't think Houston can really keep it close. I think Kansas City is going to come out with their heads on fire. Um, I think uh, Houston gets blown out game one. I don't uh, like that attitude, sir. Well, it's. I, I, and, and I have no reason to say that I disagree with you. I really don't because you, you just don't like the you attitude. Because I, I want to be the optimist here, you know? Like, come on, man. The glass is going to be a little bit more than half full. But you never know what you're going to get with the Texans. That's the problem. You just yeah, never Bill know. Yeah, O'Brien's so inconsistent. It's He sucks, man. Let's just be honest. No, so as a coach, he's fine. It's when he, As a head coach. As a head coach, as a he's manager. fine. As a yeah. general manager is where he's terrible. Yeah. That's where he sucks. But as a coach, well, he's and, fine. Well, and I think in, we'll see how much he lets off the reins with the offense. If he's going to let – is it Tim Kelly or whoever the hell he yeah, decided to use the quote-unquote offensive coordinator? We'll see. You know, and not getting to see anything from the preseason in the camp, really. It's 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 just really walking in a dark hall right now. Yeah, I will say this. For anyone who has Clyde Edwards-Hilaire on their fantasy team, you're in a great position because the Texans have slow linebackers and the Chiefs are going to use him a lot. They drafted him in the first round. Anyone with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire on their fantasy team is going to be very happy Thursday night. That's my other prediction <laughs> from this game. I was feeling kind of good on the the depth with the Texans linebacking core. Well, no, it's not. They just don't have speed. But they're just slow. Yeah, they don't have any. And then they, they signed Zach Cunningham to a fourteen million dollar a year extension, which I think is ridiculous. A year, fourteen million. Okay. It's four years, wow. fifty eight million. So it's like fourteen and a half wow. million a year. But I mean, he had over hundred tackles last year, right? Like he was. Yeah, but he can't cover anybody. I need linebackers who can cover Jason. Well, especially in a three four, right? Well, I, mean, I, I just like kind in, of important. just in today's NFL in general. Well, because like, because you're gonna want. You know, guys, that's the only way you can well, hide your is, scheme, right? Mo- most guy, most defenses in the NFL now, you're playing out of your sub packages, so you're not in your three four or four three very much. You're pretty much the whole game in nickel. Um, so the scheme, whether it's three four or four three, doesn't matter all that much because you're going to have two big guys in the middle on defense, two pass rushers on the edge, and you're going to have mm. two linebackers. Yeah. Um, wh- whether it is a three four or a four three, because in your nickel, it's all the same. Um, the problem is you need linebackers who can cover, who can stay with running backs out of the backfield or tight ends, you know, coming coming off the line. And the Texans, McKinney and Cunningham just aren't that. Yeah. So I'm uh, not optimistic for the Texans week one, but I do think they will make the playoffs. I think the AFC is weaker than the NFC. Um, I think the Texans, they have the best quarterback in the division, obviously. Uh, so when you have the best quarterback in the division, I think you're set up well to win that division. Um, so it's why that's why I like Houston to make the playoffs and not Dallas. Even though I don't, I think if Houston and Dallas played, I think Dallas would probably actually win. Um, I think they have just better players, but I think the Texans playing in the weaker AFC, 
I think they will make the playoffs this year. They'll figure it out. I think the Titans. I think the Titans are getting a lot of hype. That I think they're going to regress. I think they are. I mean, well, come on, I, man. I, you got you got uh, what's his face? Their quarterback. Um, yeah, dude. Well, I he he had a I spark. Have going, I have him going nine and seven again, which is what they went last year. Uh, defense think, will have to carry that team. I think. Yeah, I mean it's a defensive running game, and yeah. that's what that's what they're gonna be. Uh, I mean, luckily for them, I don't think the Brown. I just never buy into the Browns every the last <laughs> yeah. several years. Like, they oh, the Browns have a lot of talent. Uh, I don't buy into them mostly because I don't buy into. Baker I don't think Mayfield. the players buy into the team. That's probably the well. They haven't. The they I have actually like. I like the new coach they have. They hired a new GM, so I like some of the people they hired. But I'm not. I'm not big on the Browns. Uh, the Steelers. I like their defense, but Big Ben. How good is he? And can he stay healthy? Uh, their backup is Mason Rudolph, who's <laughs> atrocious, and Josh Dobbs, who's also who got cut at some point last year in favor of Duck Hodges, but now they brought him back in favor of, instead of Duck Hodges. So they're a mess. Yeah, their quarterback situation is bad. Denver, they lost Vaughn Miller uh, yesterday Saw that. for the year. Yeah. That's um, and I didn't think they'd make the playoffs anyway. I'm not sure about Drew. I need to see more from Drew Locke. Because I saw Drew Locke, the two games I watched Drew Locke last year, it was literally his worst, it was his best game and his worst game. It was against the Texans, where he looked like John Elway, <laughs> and then it was against Kansas City, where he looked like Mason Rudolph. Yeah. So I need to, like, I've, and usually I like to take out, if I have a limit, if I have like a six game sample size of a quarterback, I like to say, okay, take out the best game and take out the worst game. But I only saw his best and his worst game. So I have no clue what he is. Yeah. So I need to see. But Denver has a lot of weapons. I actually think they're I actually think they'll still be good without Von Miller, like their defense will. Um but I'm just not sure about them. Obviously the Chiefs are very good. The Chargers lost their best defensive player in Derwin James. I just have a lot of unknown in the AFC. And even like I have the Bills winning the AFC East, but the Patriots, like Belichick's a great coach, but they have no weapons there, and they had a bunch of guys. They have eight guys opt out, uh, so their defense is not going to be as good as it was a year ago. Um, it, the AFC, just once you get past the Chiefs and the Ravens, it's a lot of unknown. Yeah, sure. It's it's a lot of unknown. But I'm, that makes why, it intriguing. I'm excited for football season, though. I got yeah. I got my Sunday ticket set up. Uh, oh. More than welcome to come over on Sunday and – have you ever done the Red Zone channel, Jason? Oh yeah, I it, like it. It changes your life. Red Zone's pretty tight. It is. I got. I got. I'll be having the Red Zone on on Sunday. I will be. I'll be a happy man on Sunday. So who's your Super Bowl pick before we get off the uh, get off, get out of here? I, I think the Chiefs repeat. You yeah the Chiefs. It is. I think hard. they're strong enough to repeat. I mean, in the Ravens, it is. There's there's. It, a chance it's hard now. not to pick the Chiefs to repeat. I like, feel like with the Ravens, they're a little bit easier to shut down, though, than it is with the Chiefs. But Lamar, like, year one to year two, he progressed a lot. You yeah. know, I don't think he'll make – like, if he makes that big of a jump year two to year three, they'll be the best quarterback ever. But I don't think he'll make – like, I think he's going to make – he'll he's going to get better as a passer. Um, in the Ra- I think he has to. Yeah, and then the Ravens also, they improved defensively. Now, they did let go of Earl Thomas for conduct detrimental to the team. But they added Calais Campbell. Did he sign anywhere yet? No, he hasn't. Wow. Um, they added Calais Campbell to that defensive line. Um, they added a really good linebacker. Uh, they added Queen from Patrick Queen from LSU. I mean, their defense is always strong, one way or the other. But like last it's, it's, year, the defense lacked a little bit of talent. This year, it's not because they lost some guys in free agency. Yeah. This year, not going to at all. This year, and their secondary is still really, really good. Um, I think like the defense is going to be better, and I think Lamar is going to take another step up. They added, you know, they added a good receiver Devin Duvernay in the draft. They added J.K. Dobbins in the second round of the draft as well. I think Baltimore is going to be really, really good. Um, I mean, it, 
it's Chiefs Ravens in the AFC. Uh, I you know I can't. The Chief, It's hard to pick against the Chiefs repeating. Yeah, and for me it, with the NFC, it's just a crapshoot. I don't. I don't think I, there's a lot of good teams in the NFC. Yeah, and I th- and I think whoever, if it is the Chiefs or the Ravens in the Super Bowl, I just think whoever the NFC represents or whoever represents the NFC is going to lose. So I just I don't think either of those two teams. Man, will be beaten you Super remember Bowl. San Francisco was up ten on Kansas City in the fourth quarter. I remember whenever uh, the the Texans were up on Kansas City, and then the Titans. Yeah, but the, no, the Kansas, Titans never really. No, they did. They, they, they went up. They, they led in the, like yeah. in early in the first quarter. <laughs> yeah, and then no, it was but over. but remember, Titans and Texans led them in the first half. Yeah, San Francisco led them with six minutes left in the game. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Kansas City is just so strong, man. No, they but no, they are. But I think the NFC, like Minnesota, is very very good. They have a really good roster. Although I don't think you can win a Super Bowl with Kirk Cousins, but they have a really good roster. Yeah, he's so erratic. The Eagles, if they you know if they can stay oh, healthy, yeah. they are you know they're legit. If they can stay healthy. Tampa Bay with all the talents they have. Bay and New Orleans. New I mean, Orleans, it's, all it's, the talent they have. Yeah. The 49ers are super them. talented again. The Ram- I mean, everyone – the Rams are the one team. Like, everyone acts like the Rams are just um, – like, the sky was falling last year. They went 9-7. and seven. Like, if you ha- – like, you would think the way people talk about the Rams, they went 4-12. and 12. Yeah. Like, they went 9-7 and, and seven last them. year, and that was, like, they're terrible. I think they bounced back. I have them going 11-5 and five this year. And you can never count out Russell Wilson in Seattle. Right, you can never count those guys out, but I'm, I'm excited for the NFL. I can't wait. I'm It'll pumped. be good. It'll be great. And I guess in, in our next one, maybe we can get in some college football. I'm about it. Yeah, the you haven't <laughs> ACC starts this weekend. Big Twelve. Texas is playing UTEP. Um, there's some non-conference oh joy. games. Oh joy. Um, but yeah, I'm a man. NFL football is finally back. We got playoffs going on. It's a weird time to be a sports fan, but a lot of stuff on. It's a very weird time to be a sports fan. But, hey, a lot of stuff on, so it's a good time to be a sports fan. But this has been the Ride on Sports Podcast. I'm Gabe Byers. I'm Jason Cacera. We'll see you back here next week. Later.